So in a way, I just I was just thinking about this year. Rod is Rod has been someone who's influenced my life for like over 25 years. When I was uh, in high school, every Saturday night we would go to this place called Saturday Night Life. Yeah, and uh, I was in high school, and as a teenage teenage boy, I wanted to go to church because this guy Rod was preaching, and the band was amazing too. Um, but it was great. It was a great time of worship and fellowship. So I've known Rod forever. I've been. I've been here at Sanctuary since I, I looked back on the calendar, August 3rd, 2008. And it's been a while. It's been a while. Um, and, and probably like a lot of you guys, I was here maybe one or two weeks, and Rod's like, hey, I want to take you to lunch. Anybody resonate with that? That's happened to you? Yeah. And that's Rod. He's, he's supportive. He loves you guys. He wants to meet with you. He wants to encourage you. And that's our pastor, and we're blessed to, to have him uh, lead us. And so I'm blessed to be able to be here this morning, share the word with you guys this morning. So we're going we're gonna to read Scripture together, because that's what we do as a church. So if you're able to stand, I'd ask you to stand with me, and we'll read Scripture together. Today we're going to be in Romans 1 through 5, so just a couple of verses. So I'm going to read the first couple of verses, 1 and 2. You're going to read verse 3, to, and then I'll read verse 4 and 5. Got that? All right, we'll do it together. All right, so starting now. Therefore, having been, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who is given to us. All right, so let's pray. So dear Lord, we just thank you for this morning where we get to be together as a church, as a family of God, as a people of God. And Lord, we ask that you would open our hearts that we might receive from you this morning. Open our minds that we would be able to understand the things that you have for us. Open our eyes to see wonderful things from your word. And we ask this in your name. Amen. Several years ago, several years ago, I signed up for one of these travel credit cards. Anybody have one of those travel credit cards? Maybe it's a scam. I don't know. I signed up for it. Um, And so you get all these amazing benefits. You get insurance for different things. And, you know, you get refunds if if your trip doesn't go through. But while traveling last year, I I realized the main benefit of the travel credit card. It's something we like to call the travel lounge. Um, I don't know if 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 anybody's been in an airport before. It's kind of like it's kind of like being in the meatpacking plant as a you know cattle. You're just like there. It's terrible. There's nowhere to sit. It smells, you know. And then there's a travel lounge. So you go to the travel lounge. You pull out your little card, and, and they say, "Welcome, Mr. Higgins. Please come in." And you come in, and you know it's like soft music. There's couches. It's like a buffet, all you can eat, all the amazing things that you want. And you're like, why didn't I do this before? And you look out, and you kind of see the peasants out there just struggling. You're like, travel lounge. That's what I'm talking about. So this morning, as we look at the book of Romans, we're going to take a, look at the, a closer look at the benefits of faith, the benefits that come with faith. We've been focused on faith the past few weeks and how we're made right with God by believing what he says. We learned that when Ron talked a couple weeks ago that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and there's no way that we're going to make it on our own. And no matter how hard we work and try, we will never, ever make it on our own into the kingdom of God. But the good news is when we put our trust in Jesus and believe in him, we get everything. We get all the benefits of faith. Ephesians 1 says that God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. By faith in Christ, we get it all. We're adopted into the family of God. We are accepted in the beloved. We are redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. 
We are rescued from the kingdom of darkness and transferred into the kingdom of his dear son. This is good news, right? Amen? Because of what Jesus has done, we get an all-access pass into the glory and the grace of God. And so this morning, as we look at Romans 5, we're going to dive deeper into what some of these benefits are. So Romans 5, 1 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. This is what we call theologically positional righteousness. It's our standing before God. We get this. We understand what this looks like in life. So, for example, by birth, I'm the son of my father. I'm always going to be his son. That's just how it works. That's my position. That's my standing. Um, at work, I'm a supervisor. There's some drawbacks to that, but there's also some privileges, right? That's my standing. That's my position at work. By faith, we are made right, and we have peace with God through, our, through the work of Jesus, and that's our position with God. And listen, it's a position of peace. How many of you guys are married? Yeah, married, married, married. I've been married for 20 years, just a couple weeks ago, 20 years. You can see, I think, thank you, appreciate that. Um, so men, when you're first dating your wives, and you're, trying to, you're really trying to seal the deal, right? Trying to make this thing happen. So, you know, you do things like you've never done before, like tuck in your shirt. Um, you know, maybe you, you open the car door before. You've never done that before either. You try to be funny and sensitive, which is an odd balance. Um, and, you know, maybe you pick up something heavy, hope they'll notice, you know, look at your, how strong you are. Um, I never did that. And ladies, when you're trying to impress that guy, when you get married, you dress up a little bit. Um, you know, maybe you put some nice perfume. Here's a pro tip. Pro tip, ladies. Just put a little bacon grease behind your ear. Come right, right away. Uh, you laugh at his terrible jokes, and then in marriage, you stop laughing. It's, it reminds me of uh, this, this couple I knew. They were kind of outdoorsy types. They were from Alaska. And they said on their first date, somehow they were wrestling. I don't know how that happened. But they're wrestling on their first date. In a, in a wholesome type of way. And, um, and they're in the process of wrestling, and a gun falls off of this lady's uh, holster, and he's like, that's the woman for me. <laughs> so, uh, ladies, you know, maybe that's another tactic. I don't know. Um, here's the good news, though. Here's the good news. Through faith in Jesus, we are at peace with God. We can stop striving to impress him or other people. We can stop beating ourselves up. We can stop worrying if we're good enough. This is something, honestly, I've been wrestling through this week myself. Um, I, I think about my own inadequacy. I think about the own darkness of my heart. I look at myself and I'm like, what a jerk. Because that's the reality of who we are. And that's, the, that's what the mirror of God's word shows us. And I wrestle with these things. And then the Holy Spirit really brought this, this song to my mind. And so often it seems like God speaks through, through songs. It's a song called Communion. It's from Maverick City Music. And this is the words that says, this is where I'm meant to be, me and you, and you and me. And I don't have to prove a thing because you're already approved of me. Friends, because of our faith in Christ, we have communion with God. We have peace with him. We don't have to prove a thing. He has already approved of us in Christ Jesus. If we are in Christ, that's our position of righteousness. It's our position of peace. Some of you guys need to pause for just a moment and soak that in. Listen, if you are in Christ and you've put your faith in him, he is pleased with you this morning. You are totally complete in him. There is nothing you can do to add to that. In Christ, you're totally known, you're totally loved, you're totally seen, you're totally accepted, you're totally complete. And nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. By faith in Christ, you stand in the grace of God in this position of peace. 
So Romans 5, 1 through 2 goes on to say, We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So 20 years ago, September 8, 2001, my wife and I, we got married at the Edwards Mansion down there in Redlands um, in the little chapel. It was a beautiful ceremony. Uh, it was a great time, nice little spot. But what would you think after the wedding? If, you know, we, we celebrated, we took the photos, we admired our wedding rings, we signed the license to make it official, and then we shake hands, we walk away, and we go to our separate homes. That'd be weird, right? A little bit weird. Um, that's, that's odd, because marriage is not just about having some legal relationship and, and living separate lives. The whole point of marriage is to have intimacy, to have communion, connection, relationship. So too with Christ, we're not saved just so we can be in a right position with God. God wants intimacy, connection, relationship, friendship with you. Last week we talked about, Pastor Rod talked about how Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. But there's really a little bit more to the story than that. That's what we're going to dive into. Uh, James 2 actually illuminates this a little further and says, Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And then it says he was called the friend of God. You see, Abraham didn't stop short with believing God. Abraham was the friend of God. And really, that's the invitation for you and me. It's a very practical question. How in the world do you become the friend of God? How do you become intimate and close with him? How do you know the Lord? I think sometimes we tend to over-spiritualize things. How do you get close with anybody? It's not that difficult. By spending large amounts of time with them by talking and listening to one another. Like I said, I've been married for 20 years. I know my wife because I've spent 20 years talking and listening to her. Being the friend of God starts with being with God. When was the last time that you just sat and looked at God's word by yourself without distraction and asked God to speak? Say, God, I want to hear what you have to say. No agenda, no time frame, just you and God's word. And like Samuel, you say, Lord, speak for your servant is listening. When was the last time you got alone with the Lord and just poured out your heart to him? A couple uh, months ago, I had a friend who sent me a text, and he's like, I'm just going through this really difficult time. Can we meet up? And I said, I would love to, but I'm on an airplane right now. <laughs> um, so this is impossible. But what I said, but even better, even better than that, I want you to go off by yourself. Go in, in some quiet place and just pour out your heart before the Lord. And he did that, and I think the result was good. The good news is that God is available to you. He wants to be your friend, but we have to invite him into that space in our lives. The Lord wants to be our friend, but we have to invite him into that space. We have to spend time with him. The other thing is, don't forget celebrations. What happens when something good happens? Like you buy a house, you buy, you get something new, something exciting happens, your, your kid's getting married, uh, whatever it may be. You go and tell your friend. When something good happens, we tell our friends. So take time to let God know what you're excited about. Just say, hey, God, this is so awesome. I'm so excited about what you're doing. Thank him for the good things that he's doing. Other thing about friends is that friends go with one another. Growing up, my dad was a painter. He painted houses, um, painted buildings. That was what he did. And so he was really, really busy. He didn't have a lot of time. So he'd take me along with him wherever he went. And so he's, I'm you know, like five years old, painting the corner, uh, you know, just like hanging out in the yard trying to do something, but really the point was just to be with him. And like a good friend, God invites us to go with him and do what he is doing. Listen, God is going places. The Holy Spirit is doing things. God is at work, and he wants to invite you into that. When was the last time that you let the Holy Spirit lead you in that way? Personally, I only have so much time in a day. 
but I want to be open to where the Holy Spirit wants me to go. And so I'm, I'm learning to clear my schedule or look for the space in it and just wait and see where I feel like God is leading me and go. Last weekend, uh, something was going along with, uh, with my grandfather. He lives out in the desert, and he's by himself. And so I just really felt like I just needed to go and talk to him and hang out with him. And so I went, and it was just this great time hanging out with Grandpa. And just really, sh- we were talking about the Lord. We were talking about Scripture. We were talking about God's Word. And because the Holy Spirit says, hey, I'm going down to the desert. Do you want to go? And I, and I went along. I got to experience that. And I got to experience who God is and what he cares about. And what he cares about is people. So I got to know the heart of my father. I got to become the friend of God in doing that. Where is the Spirit going today, and will you go with them? I encourage you guys, leave room in your day to be interrupted by the Spirit of God and go where he's leading you. In doing so, you'll grow in intimacy with him. So in Christ, God is totally pleased with us. We're accepted and adopted into his family. He wants to have this intimate, sweet, close relationship with us. And like Abraham, we'd be the friends of God. And we can rejoice in that but there's more. There's more benefits to faith. Romans 5.3 says, not only that, but also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character and character hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. And we read this verse and we think, how glorious, and they're like, wait a second, tribulation? <laughs> Hold the phone. Tribulation, that does not sound like a good thing at all. Why in the world would we be rejoicing about this? Why would we be happy about this? Tribulation, difficulty, hardship, it's an invitation to know the Lord in a deeper way. Pastor John Corson used to say, if you want to be a deep person, you have to go through deep things. This was a man who, by the way, experienced the death of his first wife and later on the death of his 16-year-old daughter, a guy who knew what suffering was all about. I found this to be true in my life as well. If you want to know the Lord deeply, it's in the deep waters of life that he often reveals himself. You guys remember the story of Peter walking on the water? So the disciples were out on the Sea of Galilee. They're rowing against the oars. It's a storm. It's not looking good. And all of a sudden, they see this kind of shadowy figure coming across the sea. And it's Jesus, and he's walking towards them. And Peter says, if it's you, Lord, invite me to come out. And so Peter is walking there on the water. And it's a pretty scary experience. There's a storm going on. Listen, when you can touch the bottom of the pool, you don't have to trust Jesus that much. I'm not a great swimmer. That's where I stay. Touch the bottom of the pool, the little kitty section, that's good for me. But when you're standing over deep waters, you have to trust him with everything. If you want to know the Lord deeply, it's in the deep waters of life that he often reveals himself. So 19 years ago this week, 19 years ago, my wife was pregnant for the very first time with our son. He was due around the 24th or 25th of October, which is today. The nursery was painted. We were planning on taking our son home that week. And Jen went into the doctor's office on October 21st for one last checkup. And unfortunately, she went to the doctor and there was no heartbeat. There was nothing. And so we rushed off to the hospital and all our fears were confirmed. And our full-term baby, who we were expecting to be born that week, was instead stillborn. Why would God allow that to happen? Why would he let that happen? Honestly, I don't know. But I do know this, that in the crushing, in the pressing time, the Lord was faithful to us. When you see men and women in the church who have deep faith and deep relationship with God, it's often because the Holy Spirit has led them through deep, difficult times. I think about some men in this room. I think about Pastor Ron. I think about Pastor Steve. I think I know there's others in this room. You've gone through deep, difficult times. But because of that, 
there's a depth to your relationship with the Lord. That word tribulation comes from the word that's used to describe a wine press. So essentially you take two giant pieces of wood and you squeeze grapes in between them. You put these beautiful grapes that were one day just living in the sun on the vine, having a great time, enjoying the Mediterranean air. And the next thing you know, they're being crushed completely, left to a pulp where the grape once was. The whole point of a wine press is to transform grapes into wine. Some of you might be going through some extreme difficulty today. I know a few people in this room. Some of you might be going through that, and you're feeling like you're literally being crushed. Often in the trial, we're hoping that God will somehow come through, like he's just going to reverse time, and and nothing will go back to that safe time, that good time, the happy time where everything was just good. Lord, just, just make it go away, we, we, we pray sometimes. Or, or, you know, prevent this diagnosis from coming true. Prevent this person from dying. My son died, like I mentioned just a moment ago, and I, was, I remember sitting in my living room praying that he would live. This is a day or two after he, dead, he was dead. I was praying that he would live. God, reverse this. Make this, make this different. God's not necessarily interested in maintaining the status quo in your life. God is not necessarily interested in maintaining the status quo in your life. He wants you to be perfect, lacking nothing, James tells us. Perfection rarely, rarely happens outside of adversity. And without a crushing, there will be no wine. Without a crushing, there will be no wine. You see, change is the whole deal. Things may not go back to the way they were. There may be pain, difficulty, and loss, and that you might understand the love of God, grow deep in your faith, and let him prove his love to you. The faithfulness of God does not necessarily result in the outcomes that we hope. It results in something much greater. God's faithfulness to you may not look like it or feel like it in the moment. You know why? Because you're not God. You don't understand what you actually need, what's actually good for you, what's actually going to be best, what's actually going to make you perfect and complete. Just remember, though, he's making wine, not crushed grapes. (laughs) he's making wine, not crushed grapes. It's the result, it's the end game. In the middle of it, it's hard, but in the end, it's beautiful. Ecclesiastes 3 talks about all these seasons of life, including seasons of mourning, seasons of loss, seasons of difficulty. And then it says, but he makes everything beautiful in his time. I don't understand his time, but I know he makes it beautiful in his time. Wine in the Bible is so often the symbol of joy. This is a symbol of celebration of good things, of the blessing of God. Listen, God wants to do something in you in the wine press that might bring joy to you and to those in the lives of others. God wants to do something in you that might create joy in your life and the lives of others. As we move on to uh, the next verse, it says, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. Only in the wine press is perseverance forged. Patience or perseverance, literally what that means is cheerful or hopeful endurance. And really kind of, if you peel into that a little bit more, it means to stay under something. So who in this room has some tattoos? Got some tattoos in the room. I know we got some right here. I've seen one right there. Got one back there. I have, I'm like the odd person. I have zero tattoos. Why? Because I'm a wimp. Um, but, you know, the idea is I've never got a tattoo, but all I know is it looks painful and I'm not doing it, you know. And so... Really, the idea to, to uh, have patience is to stay under. Like, think about, you know, 
how long are you under the needle, under the, in the chair, you know, just like suffering, you know, like, I don't know, does blood come out? Is it, is it, does it go that way? I don't know. It sounds terrible. That's why I'm not doing it. Um, anyways, but really that, that, it means to be able to stay under something. You endure, you stay under the pain because you know this is going to look awesome when it's done, right? And you might just get another one after that. It's a little bit addictive, right? The result of tribulations is this cheerful or hopeful endurance as we stay under the wine press, as we stay under what God is doing. The ability to stay under even in difficult circumstances. You endure some pain, some difficulty, some discomfort because you have hope for the future. The result of this cheerful endurance is that you develop character. It says in verse 4, and perseverance leads to character and character hope. The concept here is, is of a money changer who only accepts coins that have been tested, that have been proved, that are legit. It's a certification that this specimen is a genuine article, the real deal. As we undergo trials, difficulties, pressing, and we cheerfully endure, we stay under those things, the weight of those things, two things happen. Our faith in God grows, and we become the genuine article through testing. So think about the story of Job. Anybody know the story of Job? Job was this guy who was just, he pleased God in everything he did, um, but he had some difficulties in life. And when he went through all these things, Job, who was the man who had it all, he had lost it all. In the end, he said these words, I've heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now I see you. He sees God in a new way. And so as we undergo this pressing, as we stay under the needle, so to speak, as we go through these difficult things, we know God in a new way. And that's the benefit of faith. We get to know God in a completely new way because we learn that he's faithful in these difficult times. And I can attest that in my life, and I know there's some men and women in this, in this audience who can as well. The second thing is we, we become the genuine article through testing. At the beginning of Job's story, before he was tested, God, God called him the servant of his, and he said there was none like him. Yet God still had a work to do in him to make him the genuine article. Through testing, God builds real enduring character in you that has weight, that has volume, that has staying power. And as you experience the difficult, deep things of God, God builds into your life a depth of character, a depth of understanding of his love. This character produces hope in us, an anticipation of the goodness and the faithfulness of God. As we grow in knowledge and intimacy with Jesus and we experience his faithfulness in difficult days, we can have hope and not be destroyed. See, when you're a little kid, when you're a child, any form of discipline, you don't want it, right? You're just like, no, I'm not going to do that. Um, Stand in line, no, don't want to do that. Be quiet in class, don't want to do that either. We don't want any type of restraint, any type of, any type of discipline in our lives. But when you're mature, you push through knowing that the end result is going to be good. I know some of you guys who've lost some weight because you've been like completely diligent about like just changing your diet. You're going through the suffering because you know the end result is going to be good, right? That's the thing. When you're mature, you can push through. You can stay under the weight of that knowing that the end result is good. When you have character that comes from tribulations, you know that God is at work. You know that he's making wine, not crushed grapes. And you know that the end result is greater joy that will spill out of your life and be a blessing for many. We can rejoice in difficult and dark days, even when it feels like we're in the fire, because we know that we are really experiencing the love of God. Verse 5 says, Hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. That word poured out really means to gush out, almost like you have like this water jug and you slash it and water's just like shooting out of the side. The good news is through faith in Christ, we get everything. And in difficult days, 
we understand that the love of God is gushing out on us. In the darkest times, we hear the voice of God most clearly sometimes. So in the last few years, I had some, some difficulties at work. Some things happened where essentially I was, I was accused of some things that didn't actually happen. But as a result of that, I was, I was under the gun. I felt, I felt like everyone was against me. It was a really, really difficult time. But in that, I just went to the Lord every day like, I need your help. I need your encouragement. I need your support. And every day almost, the Lord spoke to me in another way of his love, his goodness, his kindness, his care for me. In the darkness time, sometimes we'll hear the voice of God the most clearly, and the Holy Spirit will pour out, gush out the love of God in our hearts. So as we wrap this up, by faith, we're fully accepted, loved, and approved by the God of God, by God through Christ. We're invited to press in to know the Lord, to be his intimate friend. We can have joy in difficult circumstances. But as we close, I want to invite you to ask the Holy Spirit, what he's saying to you this morning? Maybe this week you feel like you, do, you need to do something. You need to try harder to earn the love and favor of God. Maybe you've been comparing yourselves to others. Know this, if you believe in Jesus and you put your faith in him, he has approved of you. He sees you and he says, This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. This is my daughter in whom I'm well pleased. Maybe you believe, but you haven't pressed in to know the Lord. This week, Jesus is inviting you to press in, to know him intimately like a friend, to be led by the Spirit, to go into the places that he's going. And then maybe for some of you, you're going through this difficult, dark day, and you don't know how to carry on. You can't seem to see the faithfulness of God or why he allowed you to go through these things. Realize God is in the business of making wine, not crushed grapes. He's doing something in you that is beautiful. Just you wait and just you see. And you look for the Holy Spirit to gush out his love in this situation, to speak hope and truth as you make your way through. So as we pray, the band comes forward. Why don't you just take a moment and think through these things. So dear God, we thank you that you are here in this place. We thank you that we get everything in Christ Jesus by faith in you. We thank you, Lord, that you are up to good things, that you want to know us, that you want to have sweet fellowship with, with us. And so, God, we, we bear under, we stay under into knowing that you're going to do good things. And we ask this in your name.